Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. We are back on the Oz Network for more 24, as we are actually doing 22. Uh, that's right, only 22 minutes is what it's going to take us to do this episode, because this episode is not that great. Um, my opinion, at least, I don't know if Ben's going to agree. He's nodding. Ben nods. He agrees. I told you these next two episodes <laughs> aren't fantastic. You, you know, I pre-warned yeah, you. I, I, you're you're clever than you look. Um. <laughs> Better than looking clever than you are. Yeah. Thank you. You, don't, day you don't know how Woo! many times I use that quote in everyday life, and nobody gets it. I, I've trained Jamie to the point where if I say that, she'll respond. Die another day. So good to have somebody Great. One thing from Die Another Day that's worth quoting. Uh, anyways, this is episode number twenty-two of season five, four a.m. to five a.m. Uh, this is Aaron Pierce getting beaten and tied to a chair and Martha Logan killing a man. Uh, <laughs> the most pivotal episode of the season. By the way, also, Bierko escaped off camera somewhere. Um, somehow. We're going to talk about <laughs> somehow Bierko escaped. Uh, we're going to talk about all this exciting stuff uh, and let's get into it. My name is Colin and is there anything else? Ben? And my name is Ben, and you have a choice here, Colin. You're a good man. I, I you, am. I'm the one good one on the show. You didn't say the date it aired. I've got news oh, for you this on aired, this day. Sorry, so this episode aired May 15, 2006, which uh, there is one trivia but before Ben gets into it this day in history is that this episode was preempted by 20 minutes because there was a live presidential address. Uh, so Bush had to steal spotlight from Logan. Uh, but what else happened May 15th? Colin, ben? this is a historical day for your beloved Winnipeg. On this day, on May the 15th in 1919, the Winnipeg general strike began. By 11 oh, a.m., yeah. almost the whole working population of Winnipeg walked off the job. Important day. Come on. Still going Can on, I just think, isn't it? Do it again this May 15th? <laughs> also, I mean, also on this day, apparently the um, the Japanese Prime Minister was assassinated in 1932 uh, and the city of Las Vegas was founded in Nevada in 1905. It's a busy day. The Finnish Civil War you know, ended. I didn't know there was a Finnish <laughs> Civil War. There you go. That'd been a very boring Civil War. Hey, Sven, do you want to fight? Sure, Lars, let's fight. Okay. That's a Finnish Civil War. That's how exciting it would have been. You know, three out of those four facts would have made more exciting episodes than this one. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm being a little bit harsh because this isn't a bad episode. Um, it's it's just so mediocre. Like, there's just a lot of things that don't episode. work here. <laughs> well, I can't wait for next week now. Uh, but, uh, like, like, you could tell from minute one here, it was like they wrote 22 episodes, like all shows would have back in the day, 22-episode season. 
And they're like, all right, so we just wrapped up that excellent episode 21. Next week, the finale. And they're like, remember, guys, this is a 24-hour day. We need two more episodes. Oh, what are we going to do? Martha kills a man, Russian submarine, Bierko escapes. We'll just do it off camera. And uh, Chloe loses a file because she doesn't back things up. Uh, <laughs> all of this just, it feels like such filler. Uh, but still, I mean, there's some good, there's, there's actually one or two really good scenes in this episode that I'm excited to talk about. But yeah, this is just, it's it's so mediocre. Like even the execution just seems off. It, it's like even David Fury, who um, uh, wrote the Sam Montgomery, who actually, uh, I'll, I'll talk about Sam Montgomery a little bit later. The writers scrambling at the last minute, we're supposed to do an episode 22. Brad Turner, who's usually a very good director on the show, he just feels off his game. Like, ah, we're not even going to bother to film Bierko's death and all oh, that whole takeover of the Russian submarine at the end. Let's just have it blink and you miss it. Uh, it's just, everything's a little bit off here. Yeah, completely agree. I think I mentioned last week that, you know, la- the ending of next week does feel like it should have been a penultimate episode, that this should be episode 23. And you've just got these two episodes that exist before then we get into the great finale. So it's, it, it is a bit odd. Uh, and it, 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 I mean, this has been a lot of my problem with the criticism of this season that it often doesn't get is some of the stuff that just comes out of nowhere. You know, I've said that a lot about Logan, but this is one of those episodes because We've been so focused on this recording and within 10 minutes, like, oh, fuck that recording. Bjorko's on the loose. Mm. And it's just, it's literally the rise of Skywalker. It's literally somehow he escaped. So we better move on. Um, And then you've got the first lady killing someone. Like, I mean, again, I'm sure the writers sit down and go, hey, guys, Martha kills someone. Jenkins, you've got a raise. (laughs) Like, it sounds great on paper, but execution, no pun intended, it doesn't work. You know, it's just one of these things. And then even like the action in this episode is kind of blinking. You miss it. And then at the end, like, let's just not talk about 60 seconds worth of everyone's dead. Let's move on with it. I mean, you, as you said, there is some good stuff in this episode. I'm not binning this episode. That's next week. But uh, this is a very low rent. I'm spoiling it already. But like, cause this, and there's some, there's some glaring plot holes. There's one at the very beginning of this episode, which I hope you picked up on. And I hope we can get to the bottom because I really hope I miss something because it makes no sense. But anyway, yeah, this episode is not great. Uh, so uh, let's just get right into it here. Um, so basically, as Jack's arriving back at CTU, they're talking about this conference call they have with the Attorney General to bring all the, the information about Logan uh, forward. And uh, the first thing you're going to say is they're not telling the Attorney General. He doesn't know yet? Like, Jack, again, like completely irrational. Uh, <laughs> like, but you got to tell everybody. Call the media. Like, <laughs> you're just asking for logan to uh retaliate here and and logan to use his presidential powers uh but i do love as they're coming in and they're talking about this conference call with the attorney general that one shot of miles where it's like i, I wish i could have done a, a screen cap of it because it's not even just like he looks suspicious it's, it's like he's like <laughs> it's like <laughs> madman wide eyes so one of those like old 50s cartoons where like the evil rat is like looking left and right like old shifty eyes yeah exactly and, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Uh, so they're discussing about, uh, the whole plan here that they're going to proceed with an impeachment, uh, and Jackson, well, what about an arrest warrant? Like, again, like you're going to arrest the president. The biggest problem with this, this is kind of reinforcing why Miles did what he did. Imagine what happens to this country if you arrest a president the day after all these terrorist attacks. Uh, and obviously there's the logistics of, well, he's still in power. How do you arrest the president in power? Like you have to do things in a proper order. 
none of this really makes sense. And this is where they find out the recording is gone. And I love Jack here, who when Chloe's saying, oh, the recording's just gone. Well, check your connections. <laughs> like, <laughs> See, no, there we go. It's unplugged. She Sorry. It was like two things. She's like, they're like, right now, like, like, check your I've been in situations where something's not recording and there's like technical issues and you're shitting yourself. Like, but, but Chloe just goes, they're perfect, Jack. <laughs> and then even better, this is where Karen's like, uh, so I know I'm supposed to be in charge here. Uh, ma'am, we have the attorney general on the phone. Mr. B. Cannon will take the call. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I'll see you later. <laughs> and you uh, know that Bill's definitely got a thing for this woman because they're like, sure, whatever you want, ma'am. <laughs> uh, so they're trying to figure out how the recording could have been erased. So immediately they're like, well, Miles, Miles was in the room. Uh, because Karen's saying, oh, I never sent him. Uh, Jack immediately goes out. And what does he do? He throat punches a security guard and chokes no, hang Miles. On, hang on, back up, back up. You know what they said to that security guard? Ticket stub. And <laughs> <laughs> I just want him choking Miles. Me. I said ticket stub. But I love how calm Karen is. Karen's like, security, stop him. And the security guard's just like Mr. Bauer. And he's like, ticket stub. And Karen's just like, no, Jack, stop. Please don't choke Miles. Uh, well, Karen's going to do much worse here. Why? Yeah, well, assault an employee. <laughs> an assault a man who's just been transferred to the White House because he basically says, I know nothing about this, but I've just accepted a, a transfer. A transfer where? And the, obviously to the White House. And then Karen slaps him across the face. Now, Judy like, Dench. <laughs> Judy Dench slaps him across the face. Now, this is, again, beginning a problem because now they know that Logan obviously knows, which I, I do like the phone call they're about to get here with Logan, where uh, he's like, oh, Karen, what is this I hear about a conference call to the attorney general? Is everything all right? Do you need my assistance? Everything's okay, Mr. President. We got it all under control. Uh, Logan just playing dumb here, but uh, um, it, it's just, again, there's there's no logic from any of the characters. Like, I can see why they get in the mess they get into in these next two episodes because you've literally told everybody. I mean, we had Chloe three or four weeks ago telling Kate Mara, oh, yeah, the president's a bad guy. <laughs> he orchestrated the whole thing. Like, of course this is going to get out. And now you know the one guy who has erased his recording and is probably in with the president has already made the call to him. And you're choking him out. You're slapping him. I mean, at the very least, even if he wasn't involved with Logan, he's calling HR right now and Karen's removed from the building. But now the president is involved too, who is a terrorist. Uh, so much worse things are going to happen here. Uh, Logan says that he's going to suspend Jack's uh, uh, arrest order. Uh, now, this is something I forgot about, but, it, but it's something that I think, again, makes a little bit more sense in this episode. How are you going to take care of Jack? Well, he's no longer under arrest. We know all these people are working with him anyways. He's going to be out there and and we can just get him however we want because nobody's looking for this guy anymore. Um, we'll, we'll, how much further we want to go here? Uh, oh, Pierre, yeah, this is where we find Bierko escapes off camera. Somehow. Uh, <laughs> somehow Bierko escapes. Now, I, I can't remember if I mentioned it last week, but they uh, they did mention there was no deleted scene. But in the, the commentary, they talked about how they filmed an escape scene for Bierko, which was supposed to take place last week. Uh, now, I... I Watched the the DVD last week. I didn't watch it this week, so I may have a chance to catch up before the next episode. But uh, there's no de deleted scene that I know of on the previous episode that they filmed it for. Uh, but here they're just like, oh, somehow he escaped. And we got this poor guy who's telling the story. And Davis. To me, you 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 want to talk about uh, biggest plot holes in the episode? He says, all right, so where did he go? I don't know. I got knocked out when I was hit in the shoulder. <laughs> is, is that how, my my shoulder got hit and I just lose consciousness? <laughs> just say you got hit connected, in the head. Connected skull. 
The, the the shoulder blades connected to the the the, the, neck the brain bone, the neck bones connected to the <laughs> back you know that song yeah the the something's connected to, to my the... wristwatch <laughs> and we all, uh, do you remember that show funny was it called funny bones that the skeleton no. little skeleton animated show oh, that was a great show kid show I, I was i was just referencing uh dr nick riviera the the, the nah. evil is connected to the, the, my wristwatch oh <laughs> hi everybody Best Dr. Nick episode ever. All of a sudden, he, he opens the door and there's all these reporters. Dr. Nick, where's the bodies? It's such a nice day. I think I'll go out the window. <laughs> <laughs> the coroner, I'm so sick of that guy. <laughs> that's, that's what I do every time the police come to my door. Oh, and I'm, this is totally sidetracked. We'll just reference Simpsons in every episode that ever exists. If we ever could do a count, find out how many episodes we reference Simpsons in, uh, where he's getting ready for the surgery. He's like, these gloves came free with my toilet brush. <laughs> we need to just do on Patreon. We actually eventually record one. That's what we should do every month. Just do a random Simpsons. Oh, recap, yeah. You know, why don't we start doing that? That's a great idea. You know, you got to like a. 20 minute episode, easy to cover. Well, what People I, know it. What I what I found myself randomly doing sometimes is I'll just like not even do it in order. I'll just like you and I will talk about an episode of The Simpsons. So it's yeah. like we were talking about that the other week, and I'm just like, I'm gonna watch this one. So I watched the Home of the Bad Man episode, then I watched the Alec Baldwin one the other week. And I just I'll just lay in bed before I go to sleep. It's just 20 minutes, put on a random episode of The Simpsons, watch it, go to sleep. I'm laughing. Yeah, Jamie and I often you just say it's like random draw. I'm like, all right, pick a number between one and yeah. nine because that was the last good season. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like, now nah, pick a number between one and 22. Well, the Alec uh, Baldwin one was season 10. When I saw that was season 10, I'm like, well, maybe this isn't as good as I remember it was be, but it's still good. So, but that episode's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, somehow Bierko escapes and <laughs> you said his name is Davis. This it's guy? Davis. It is. There he is. He, he doesn't know because he was hit in the shoulder. <laughs> Sorry, been, I lost consciousness. Could have been, uh, you know, shot in the neck. That could have been worse. Oh, yeah, like there we go. Tony survives being shot in the neck, stabbed. Whatever else happens to Tony, he will live in a few seasons. But Davis gets hit in the shoulder and he loses his memory. Hey, uh, this is how Terry got amnesia. She took a blunt hit to the shoulder. Well, apparently Agent Davis was in last week's episode. He must have been one of the ones that was cutting off Bioko because I'm looking at here, uh, played by the esteemed Eric D. Steinberg. Not just Eric Steinberg, Eric Ooh. D. Steinberg. So, um, you know, he, he got a good paycheck that week. Good for Eric D. Steinberg. So when you have to add the initial, I mean, I know it's because there's like SAG rules that you can't have two actors with the same name, but... Are, are you the better one for having the initial or not? Like Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, yeah. I don't know who Samuel Jackson is. Michael J. Fox. Who's Michael Fox? Well, I don't know. But I mean, yeah, you're, I think like they're the better ones, but then you've got like no disrespect to Michael B. Jordan. But I mean, you know, like. <laughs> you're not Michael Jordan. Yeah. No. There, there's, 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 there's swings and roundabouts. Some are better, some are worse. <laughs> But uh, Davis Stein, David D. Steinberg or whatever his name is here, <laughs> um, we got to find out if the other David Steinberg is any better. Uh, anyway, so we we do uh, find out here that the Centox is back because we forgot about that Somehow. this season. They still got one canister. Somehow the Centox. Can we were able to account for any of it? I love the bills. Like, no, not really. It was all badly burned. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we couldn't really count them that well. Um, the fans I mean, did earlier in the season. Trust us. Oh, well, well, and I love, though, that Bierko, uh and, and I think when this season started, <laughs> when this season started, I, I was probably a little bit more critical of like his mustache twirling Bond villain persona. But now I'm just embracing it. Maybe it's because yeah. we know the man's dead now. But this this guy who's like, oh, but we only have one left. What can we do with only one canister? There's nothing you can do with That's one canister. You're wrong. 
<laughs> you are so wrong. Dun, dun, dun. Because we're just so used to Logan in the last couple of weeks being this way. We're just kind of used to over-the-top villains in the last couple of weeks. So now we've just got him. Yeah. He just fits right back in. I love the dramatic eye patch rip-off that he throws. <laughs> it's always like, you know how like there's always just that evil trope now of, of movies and TV shows where they've got to eat an apple. Like Dominic yeah. Green in Quantum of Solace, he walks in. He's evil because he's eating an apple. Like, I mean, this is this is his ver- this is 2006's version. It's ripping off an eye patch. I can see now. Grr. <laughs> Get an apple in that man's hand and he's even extra evil. This is why it took them so long to actually get back to the Centox because he had one eye covered and all of a sudden he pulls it off and says, Wait a second, there's one more canister there. I couldn't see it with one eye. And I took a hit to the shoulder, so I forgot that we had it. <laughs> hey, and there's my favorite terrorist, Jenkins. How you doing? I can see now. Yay. Uh, <laughs> That's a quality joke, Colin. Well done. So uh, Martha is trying to take a whole bottle of pills. Uh, and uh, this is something where I think a regular script would have had her, I don't know, just... just put all the pills in her hand and hesitate and then throw it against the wall. But instead she's going to put them in her mouth, actually let them slowly drip out of her mouth into her hand, saliva and all, and then throw it across the, the, the room. Um, we uh, have her going to the other secret service agent saying, well, this is uh, uh, Aaron Pierce's phone. Why does she still have it? Like why does Logan not said, I'm going to need that phone, Martha, <laughs> because it proves that she was on the phone with him beforehand. That there could be this whole conspiracy. Who else has Pierce talked to? Uh, but she wants it returned to him. Uh, now we finally find Pierce after how many episodes of me and gone and Logan's got him tied up. He's bloody. He's dripping blood from his mouth. And uh, Logan here, it's like, I hear that there's talk of this recording, which I adamantly deny exists. After he has beaten the man and binded him, he's trying to tell this story about this does not exist here. Uh, and then he says, I, you know, I would love to offer you for your great service to be reassigned anywhere you want. Except, of course, the White House. Like I, that, I love that delivery that, that it's in has because it's. I'm kind of doing it like it is. Like, uh, oh, he's he's ultimate villain. It's like, yeah, but not the White House. Uh, but it actually is like so sincere where he's still trying to play like he's completely innocent. He's like, well, it's not going to be the White House or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I think Greg Grayson just makes anything anything great in the show. And uh, uh, this is where. Pierre, he makes what? Would he make the cougar better if he played the cougar? Like if he was oh, rolling 100%. around. 100%. Imagine Kim in the <laughs> hills of LA and his Gregory Gregory Itzen. Gregory <laughs> <laughs> I'd be on board. Him or Jeff Goldblum are the only ones who could go. <laughs> <laughs> I want Gregory Itzen doing that. Uh, but uh, this is where we get that great line uh, from uh, Glenn Moore Shower, which which was completely improvised, apparently. Yeah. Where he says, "Is there anything else, Charles?" It's and in the, book. Uh, the the t- yeah. It, well, good. So we've already covered what's in the book. We got nothing else. Finally, something decent in the book, well, and we there, already there, knew about there's it. There's actually, I mean, just while we're on the topic, um, the, the other bit that's actually really good in the book was that. Um, he apparently was meant to die this season. He was meant to be, there was, mm. I don't know if it was this episode or another episode, he was meant to be shot in the back of the head by a goon and basically bye-bye Aaron. But apparently Glenn Morshower rode off to like Howard Gordon and was all like, please don't kill me. And Howard Gordon's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> he, it, it says in the book he, he sent an impassioned email to beg that he would survive. And he did. And so. he, he CC'd about you know, 100,000 fans who are in love yeah. with him on the internet. <laughs> hey, and that's why the love of Aaron became a thing in this season. But uh, apparently he, he did what kids did to Jaws in James Bond movies in the 70s. Yeah. And it worked. 
<laughs> I just imagine him now as a, I am seven years old. I love Agent Aaron Pierce. Please don't kill him off. <laughs> he is great. But yeah, even Gregory Itzen didn't know he was going to say this line when he says Charles. Because they must yeah. have done multiple takes when he said, like, Mr. President. But, um, and yeah, Glenn Melshower in the book just has a, a very great interview where he basically says, like, that's one of my favorite speeches I've done in all of my 31 years of television and movies. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's great because, I mean, again, nobody wrote that line, but they both just played it so well. Like, he, the way he delivers, is there anything else, Charles? Like, before you even see Gregory Ritson's reaction, like, if he had just says, is there anything else, Charles? Just, just quickly like that, audience isn't going to think anything. You're not like, oh, that's supposed to be the president. Uh, but the way that he pauses slightly and then says it, you're like, oh, that was a dig. And then Gregory Itzen's reaction is so good, uh, which give props to Gregory Itzen. Like, he's an actor. He's not necessarily going to be thinking, especially if it's not scripted. Mm. I'm supposed to be referred to as Mr. President. Unless he's one of like, the really serious method actors. Like, this would be like Daniel Day-Lewis. It's like, you refer to me as Mr. President. <laughs> I am Abraham Lincoln. You refer to me as Mr. Oh, President. Oh, don't bring that movie up. Oh, uh, but, but my my Daniel Day Lewis as Abraham Lincoln is basically Admiral Akbar. Oh, Mr. President, four score and seven years ago. <laughs> it's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> John Wilkes both us a trap. <laughs> Don't go to the center. It's a trap. <laughs> uh, I, I guess we'll kind of uh, cap it here after this scene because we we quickly get a phone call with Graham where it's like, I'm surprised to hear from you. I'm surprised you're not dead, Mr. President. Oh, yeah, well, I figured something else out. The recording's gone now. And then even Graham, where he's like, oh, yeah, that's great news. But what about all those people who knew about this already? Well, without evidence, it doesn't mean anything. And Jack Bauer. Uh, again, it's so weird now that every time we refer to him as Jack Bauer. Like, it's, I, I, I'm thinking in season six terms, which I, I try not to because I like to think that this is where it ends for uh, Graham, or at least that it doesn't evolve into what it does. Keep, keep it in my mind, my fictional fantasy that he's just, you know, Largo or Blofeld, but <laughs> um, it's still weird to hear it. Uh, and he says, oh, don't worry, we've suspended the arrest war or warrant, so now we're going to yeah, get him in the field, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll kind of cap it there. A couple of, like, I, I want to play almost plot hole bingo here, um, because, I, I mean, I, lo- I, I know you've sort of probably just cut it off here before we get this mic conversation, but, like, he's they're, they're, like, in the stables here or something, aren't they, right? So, you know, they're chilling. I love how Mike's just like walking around going like, oh, where's the president? And then Logan just comes around from the corner. Oh, C-3PO. Oh. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, just like comes around the corner. It's like, Mike, what's up? Like, should Mike, like Mike not be like, um, you're the president of the United States in the stables at 4.30 yeah. a.m. This isn't Cluedo. Uh, the president hiding behind a corner. The president with a candlestick in the stables. Um, like hiding around the corner. <laughs> where's the secret service? Like, yeah. how is none Somebody's of this, always watching them. How is none of this, like, ringing bells for Mike? Um, mm-hmm. I can't, like, a few things here that I just want to, like, you know, that, 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 that irk me around some of the entertaining stuff. So, again, you've got the whole, like, let's, you know, remind the audience what's happening, even though they've literally had this conversation five minutes ago, the way they're, like, walking down the corridor and, like, do-do-do-do-do. So we're calling the Attorney General to make sure that the recording that implicates <laughs> the President of the United States will be uh, played. Yes, that's correct, Jack. So, have we told the Attorney General that this is a recording that imply, implies that Logan killed President Palmer? No, Jack, we can't tell that. We have to, you know, we have to wait to the evidence. And I love how Jack's just like, oh, fine. But then, like, I love how they've gone to all this effort. Like, I, I, I want there to be a deleted scene with the Attorney General. It's 4.30 in the morning. This guy's asleep. Or woman, sorry. This yeah. person is asleep. So, they've been disturbed. I want the phone call between the Attorney General and Bill. Like, ugh. 
Bill, this better be good. Ugh, it's 4.30 in the morning. What's going on? Uh, nothing, sir. Just a false alarm. Yeah. What the fuck Just are you wanted talking? to see how you're doing. I had a busy day. There was terrorist attacks and everything going on. All right, I finally got some sleep. I've got documents <laughs> to sign in the mile. Fuck you. I'm getting up now. Jenny, cook some breakfast. Um... Jenny could be her lesbian lover. It could be a woman. <laughs> We're not implying that it has to be a receptionist. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And Jenny is a chef in the local cafe. She's not a housewife. She just likes to cook for her beloved wife, who's the attorney general, who's busy and doesn't have time to cook because she is the attorney general. She's a powerful woman and she deserves her job. Um, when they start going on about this, like, oh, okay, so um, we're going to pledge to the attorney general and the president will be arrested. And then, like, Karen's like, no, we're going to start impeachment proceedings. And Jack's like, well, hang on a minute. Like, what are we doing? Like, we just sat through Donald Trump, got impeached twice. That took months and yeah. months and months. So this is weird. I'm kind of and on it will Jack- go for probably more. I'm kind of on Jack's side. He was like, bitch, please. I've just risked my life. I just hijacked a plane. <laughs> and we're going to be doing months? My God. We're acting like this has to be done by today. I could have... I could have just waited and flown to Germany next week. Like, in all seriousness, it kind of contradicts the nature of this whole show of, oh, got to get it, got to get it, got the evidence. Why did they have to rush to get the evidence? If they're impeaching this guy, it's going to take forever. Why can't, like, here's my way of doing this, Colin Hilding, and you're going to like this idea. Season two. Okay. Season two, what happened in season two? The 23rd or the 25th Amendment. They got rid of the president Mm. because he was unfit for office. Can't they get this Uh. recording... Go to Gardner, go to the VP, get old Secretary Heller from his hospital bed, get old Minister for Agriculture, get old Minister <laughs> for the Tables in the Woodlands, play it for them, and they get everybody to sign off. Boom. Done. Jack, like, this is where, like, Jack should be like, hang on a minute. I've been in this situation before in a recording and a president getting unseated <laughs> with that amendment. Let's do that. Fuck the Attorney General. Put him to sleep. Like, plot hole. Done. I, uh- no, like that that completely makes sense, especially since all these characters have seen it before, except I'm I'm going to I'm going to write the complication in that. One person who will probably have to be in on this that is been very hesitant to go down the path again, Mike Novick. Uh you can tell Mike <laughs> Novick, we're gonna try the 25th. This didn't work out so well for Mike's me last like, time. No, I don't know, guys. No. <laughs> um, we will get the 25th Amendment or the 23rd Amendment next season. The biggest plot hole of all of this, right? So they go through all this, the the things recorded. Miles is like, I love, you know, ticket stub, great moment. Miles, <laughs> and this is actually the last time we see Steven Spinella. I forget, like, he's off. He's off to a happy really? life in the White House. So there he goes, um, which I kind of like that. I kind of like that he just he just goes off. And the slap, I could do without, but, you know, um, whatever. So when the president calls, right, it's very like, you know, I kind of like it because it's tense and, like, it's one of these things where, like, everyone knows what's going on, right, but, like, you just you can't say it. So it's like, oh, the attorney general, I hope everything's okay. And then he's all like, oh, yeah, so um, that whole Jack Bauer thing. Yeah, well, evidence again, lol, orkies, move on, get rid of that. You can release him. How the hell does he know that Jack Bauer is in captivity? Less than an hour ago, they cordoned off that plane site to stop Jack Bauer from escaping. The last that we saw, Logan knew, is that Jack was still in that area. And then he's literally like, well, Jack's gotten away. He doesn't know that CTU have Jack. So I'm screaming at the screen going, how does he know? Like, it's not like we got a leak or anything like that. He was about to kill himself 10 minutes ago. Like, it's a It all happened off camera. (laughs) Somehow. (laughs) They knew. It's such a massive plot hole. 
And it's just like, it's so like right there. And I'm just like, I'm like, what the hell? This makes absolutely no sense. But anyway, I see why they're doing it. It's kind of like playing off each other, all that kind of stuff. Great. Um, yeah, the somehow Bjerko escaped. It's so, <laughs> it's just lazy. Like, okay, we don't need another action scene, but like, how does this happen? Like we said last week when Bjerko leaves, he kind of gives that look to that, like that nod to the guard. Like, again, let's mm. backtrack to the beginning of this day. This was a guy who did not want to attack the US. He was there to collect the canisters to take to Russia and right now should be blowing up Moscow, right? So we are now led to believe that in the space of 12 or so hours, he's flicked his switch in his head and now wants to attack the US, then gets captured. This is like freaking silver levels of bullshit of planning out his escape. He didn't know he was going to be there. So how does he... Yeah, anyway. Um, also going to point out, Martha with all her pills when she's spitting them out, didn't Mike mm. bring her one pill like last hour? Yeah. Yeah, no, he, yeah, he specifically only negotiated to to bring her one. Yeah, so where did the rest come from? Where did the rest Maybe come from? Maybe these are like B12 vitamins. <laughs> so I'm going to overdose on B12. My urine's going to be incredibly yellow. <laughs> I, do, I do like random Secret Service Agent 7. Look out. He's going to get shot by Martha in the next episode. But I love how he's just like so just polite and like, I will give this to Aaron. He is my good friend. Um but yeah, I mean, this scene, like in any other season, in like a season six, season seven, season eight, this could be a top five scene. I love this yeah. like moment between Aaron and and Logan, just with the, the whole, is there anything else? Charles, like it's just, it blows my mind that that wasn't scripted. To read that that yeah. was ad-libbed by Glenn Morshower, like, like that screams like a scripted moment. That's that's perfect for the Aaron character because this is a guy who is so loyal, who's such, you know, like we've only seen glimpses of him, but Glenn Morshower brings such human element to him that this guy's loyal. And then it's just this this moment of just, you you know that he's like pissed off and he's not calling the president. and Because he, he says Mr. President at the beginning of this conversation, but then he's obviously so incensed and so angry by the end of this. The one thing that I just, don't know if I like, and again, I know it's kind of like Logan cartoon villain, all this sort of stuff. It's when this other agent comes out here and he's kind of all like, sir, I know Pierce. I trained under him. And if I know one thing, he's loyal to Palmer. He will present a problem. And then kind of just the way like Logan's thinking, and he kind of looks and does a whole implying like, I'm going to kill, like we have to kill him. This is a guy who an hour ago was struggling with the implications of even though he's evil, shooting down a jet airline with diplomats on it. Like, it's just, again, it's just, it's random and out of character. Like, I love the evil look. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, Gregory Eatson sells it. Like, fuck, this, this guy would have been a great Bond villain. Um, mm. But it's just, it's just, again, it seems out of character for me. Um, the grand conversation, sure. And then we're basically about to where you're at. But yeah, I'm, that plot hole annoys me. Like, they, they Jack is not, he doesn't know he's captured. And he's like, oh, <laughs> we're putting the plans into place like we discussed. How did you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, one thing I do want to comment on the whole he's loyal to Palmer. As soon as that line came up, it, it as somebody who's just involved in watching the show, it shouldn't bother you. You should be like, yeah, Palmer. But then when you start to dissect this, I'm like, he's a Secret Service agent. Like, secret. this isn't like a cabinet where it changes with every president. This is, they, they are loyal to the president no matter what. It doesn't matter if it is Trump or Biden. It doesn't matter if it's Palmer or Logan. Your job is to be loyal to the president. And Pierce was there when Palmer did some pretty sketchy things, uh, things that he probably knows about, 
Uh, and it, it, even if he doesn't know about it, it, it just sort of, you look at the fact that Palmer was killed because Logan needed to cover something up uh, and he couldn't get it out when Palmer was just doing his job, but Logan was just doing his job. Now we're about to get into Pierce and Martha killing a man who needed to do his job, who was doing his job. You know, is it, is it uh, ethically right? No, but is it what his job is supposed to be? Like this guy doesn't have a choice. If he said no, what is Logan going to do? Logan's going to kill, tie him up, bind him, beat him and kill him too. You know? So it, it them dropping that line about him being loyal to um, Palmer all it made me do is realize, like, well, this is actually more a story about how this one guy is not loyal to Logan. And it's like, what would it have taken for him to do this to Palmer? Nothing. Like, I, I feel like Pierce is just what the other Secret Service guy was for a different president. If Palmer had said, oh, this guy is posing a problem, I need you to kill him, Pierce, Pierce would have done it. So it, it made me empathize with Pierce a little bit less than dropping mm. that line because one guy's doing his job and the other guy's doing the right thing, but Pierce would have done the wrong thing for another president. These are literally people who have to basically risk their own life. Like they take bullets for the president. Yeah. You know? Literally that is their job. Literally, you take the bullet. <laughs> literally their job. And yeah. Okay. You might not agree with his methods, but it's a great point. Like as we established, Palmer wasn't exactly Mr. Nice. Uh, well, I mean, mm -hmm. he's, sorry, let me rephrase that. He was very nice. Uh, Mr. Clean is what I'm trying to say. He yeah. showered, but like, apologies. <laughs> President Palmer showered all. That man was a immaculately dressed, clean man. But yeah, exactly. I, I completely agree. Um. So basically, we just cover almost the entire second half here. Uh, they're finding out that there was no satellites when Bierko escaped. Convenient. Somehow there were no satellites. Again, this is the agency that can establish a shoulder as a terrorist. And all. Oh, no. Somehow there. Again, it's curfew. Should it not be obvious that one car's yeah. on the road? Well, and like, I know that, I don't know when they came in, but like traffic cams are a thing. They've used those in past seasons. They've used it two to seasons find the ago. one car on the road. Better technology. <laughs> yeah. Like we're about to see a guy who's like home security system is more advanced than a lot of airport security systems in 2023. Well, it's, well it's, I'm gonna it's I'm gonna get critical of that too. Looking but... than the ones. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, they they have no way of finding them, so their only option is to go to Henderson. And Jack's completely opposed to this. Um, and after much debate, Jack says, "All right." I don't agree with this, but if anybody's going to offer Henderson a deal, let it be me. Like right now, red flags all over the place. Every time this guy says, let me be the one to do it, something bad happens. He goes in there and he tries to murder somebody. <laughs> he tries to throttle somebody. He, he, uh, he, he breaks somebody out of prison. Like never let Jack say, let me be the one to do it. And especially since he's the only guy in that room who is telling them, no, we cannot do this automatically he's excluded. Like, no, we're not going to let you do this. Curtis, you go do it. This is, I, I didn't even realize this is the last time we're going to get Curtis this season. Is uh, it? Again, characters, yeah. One well, of the trivia bits I read was that he's not in the, so. he's not even in the next trip, but he got shot and he's like, oh, oh I got shot in the shoulder. I remember. No, no one gives a shit about I? poor Curtis getting shot because I love like, I am jumping ahead here, but Jack's like, Curtis, how are you men? It's like, they're fine, but I got shot. <laughs> but even Curtis is like, oh, I think I better go back to base and get it treated. Like, it's not like he's out. If if he was shot and he's like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And then you just say in the last episode, then you write him up. For well, in all season. fairness, we get four episodes into next season. When we're talking about him getting shot. There. <laughs> Worst Curtis won't be gone ever in this show. 
gone from this this uh season not gone from the show we will get him back briefly uh but uh yeah so jack goes in there and he offers the deal to henderson now now i love this conversation i i, I feel like this is one of those combos where I, i'm i'm so glad they got peter weller back uh as brief as it was for rabbit hole because there's just like a chemistry that Kiefer Sutherland and, and Peter Weller have together where every scene they have in this episode, every scene they've had in this season so far is just amazing. And it shouldn't be, but the way that they're sort of going back and forth, he's like, we're going to offer you a deal. And he's just sort of laughing it off. Ha 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 ha. You think immunity means anything to me? I'm dead, dead man. As soon as I get I've out got there. A sacred hidden immunity idol. <laughs> <laughs> I found it underneath the tree. I've got an idol nullifier. <laughs> Screw you, Bella. <laughs> Uh, but uh, it, it, the way that that Henderson negotiates this this whole back and forth is I won't even do it for the immunity. What I'll do it for is to disappear like you did, Jack, at the end of season four. But then he gets that dig in there. It's like, but I want to do it right and not having competent people like the ones you had surrounding you who leaked the whole thing. Fair enough. Uh, it, 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 it's a very good point. Yeah, <laughs> but I love that. Um, but uh, the, uh, the the also the line that Jack has here where he's making his whole pitch and he says, help me put out the fire that you started. Cause they're playing on the fact this guy's supposed to be a Patriot, mm. but like what's so great about Henderson as a character is that you literally never know what he's going to do because you have people saying he's a Patriot and then you have him acting the opposite. And then even the scenes we're going to co have coming up here, like you're constantly questioning, where's he coming from? Like, what's his motive? Like, even the fact that he says, I don't want immunity. I just want to disappear. Like that. That's not what I expected from him. Uh, so they very quickly, this is one of those rushed episodes where everything just feels like it's too quick. Like I see them leave out of the room and the next thing you know, they're in a boardroom and I don't even think there's a commercial break in there or another scene that happens or, or maybe there is a commercial break and they come back and he's already there. All right, so I've given you 14 names. Like he doesn't even have the moment where he says there are 14 people. They're called Spectre, you know, they're everywhere. Uh, there's nothing like that. He just leaves and then all of a sudden they come back all right he's given us 14 names and i'm like okay so what are the 14 names is one of them graham um, uh, i heard graham what's the last name uh but uh uh they're basically saying okay well we got we're gonna run the search on these one of these is a guy that we're gonna find what's his name joseph molina uh we do have audrey and jack meeting up here and uh this is where she she finds out that they're offering henderson a deal now does this go anywhere this season uh season about her I guess hesitance about well, but this is the guy who tried to kill my father because that's what the scene seems to be about. But I don't remember there being any payoff to this where she tries to sabotage it or no. This or, isn't Saunders' freaking murder with Gael's yeah. like what? No, I mean because I think is it next week at the beginning of the last one? It's there's a no. It's not Audrey. It's Jack. So no, doesn't really go anywhere. Okay, but like I, I'm glad they still have it here. Like even though technically it doesn't go anywhere. These are the things that we would be criticizing if it wasn't in the episode. You're like, wait a second. This is the guy who tried to kill her father, who, you know, almost killed her. She had to hold him at gunpoint. Like, there's history with these characters. The fact that she at least knows. Like, if it was just out of the loop and then the, for the rest of the, the season, she's like, oh, well, uh, let, let's uh, ask Henderson. Uh, he's a helpful fellow. Uh, <laughs> but but the fact that he's at least, she's at least brought into this is like, given the consideration, like, I'm, I'm glad that we at least had that. Just, well, yeah, I agree with you. But one quick thing that annoys me with Jack when he kind of goes against, he's like, this is a guy I killed Palmer. No mention of killing Tony. Like, I mean, yeah. like, again, just renders that whatever the hell they were trying to do with Tony obsolete. Because again, I think there was, I remember there being fan criticism about this. Like, why isn't Jack annoyed that he killed Tony? And it's mm -hmm. like, I mean, shouldn't that be the one thing that it's like, 
kill Palmer, sure, like that's a great emotional thing. But Tony is dead. So, you know, where's where's well, that? Even with Bierko, like we had several episodes where we're still mourning Edgar's death. And now everybody's forgotten Edgar. Like yeah, Bierko escaped, not the man who killed Edgar. I forgot, I forgot, I forgot about him until you just said that. So, I mean, Chloe's moved on. <laughs> He's tasering people. Chloe's- For Edgar! <laughs> But uh, so when they're basically talking about going in, all right, we'll we'll storm this guy's uh, loft, we'll interrogate him, and uh, Henderson, ha, this guy, uh, his computer makes this place look like an internet cafe. <laughs> is it a Phoenix Shield? <laughs> but uh, even Chloe's like, there's no way I'm getting around that. Oh, we might as well go home now, guys. It's over. What? Country's done. Well, Logan that, wins. That's a plot hole. Shouldn't then like Karen be like? Why don't we have one of them? We keep getting hacked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Write that down, well, anyway, Bill. I put in a requisition for one of those things. Who was it that I gave him? Oh, it was Miles. That's why we don't have it. It's like, it's like literally, uh, why is there a firewall out there that is more powerful than the government agency that stops terrorism? Like, it doesn't make yeah. me feel that safe out there. Well, and I mean, most of these people don't know, but Chloe knows. So Chloe should be like, listen, guys. There's this thing that could really help us. And, and, and why don't we have Chloe sing? I've been telling you to order one of those. Oh, uh, where is it? I, 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 I've been waiting. Tape. I've been excited. Uh, yeah, it's, it, yeah they're, they're, you just pointed out another plot hole. That, so <laughs> many in this episode. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll do the rest of the Martha stuff first here. So Martha <laughs> uh, basically sees this uh, mysterious car pulling in and opening the trunk. Uh, you see that there's plastic lined all on the inside of it. And uh, next Dexter. thing you know, which I've never seen the show. I'm aware of what it is. It's like a serial killer or something like that, right? Yeah, and he like he lines his kill room with like white plastic like this. Oh, so he actually does this. Mm. Was that show out at this point? Uh, no, a few years away. But um, oh, okay. I mean, the book's probably Well, then they out. stole it from 24. Well, I mean, in all fairness, Dexter didn't do it in a boot of a car. He would like filled an entire room up. But um. Mm. You know, uh, I, I'm assuming the books would have been out by then. So, um, and you've read them? <laughs> Look who I'm asking. <laughs> read the James uh, Bond books. That took me seven years. So, uh, this guy here, who again is doing his job, um, is it the right job? No, but it's exactly what Aaron would have done for Palmer. Uh, he's pulling Pierce out there. He's going to kill him. Uh, Martha gets in the way of the gun. Uh, we get a quick fight here between Pierce and this other agent. And then this is like, now I, I, I'm, I'm going to say this. It, is it unnecessary to have the first lady murder a man when you could have had Pierce do it? Uh, their reasoning is probably just to show that like Martha is going to be there. She's, she's standing behind Pierce. I'm with you, you know, because well. we do have to question her allegiance. You know, she agreed to go along with Logan's plan. And then obviously she has reservations, but we established this rapport with her. And so I get why they did it, but like, do you have to have the first lady kill somebody when there's another person in the scene? No. Now, having said that, when this scene finished and we saw Martha pull the trigger, I don't think we don't actually see her pull the trigger. We see the guy die and then she's got the gun in her hands. Um, Are you trying to say is this done. is inadmissible in court because we didn't see it? We oh, there we go. The there was a second shooter <laughs> on the grassy somewhere knoll. over there. Grassy knoll. But uh, this is done a hundred times better than Chloe with a gun. Yeah. Cause that, it wasn't just the fact Chloe's got a gun. It was the way that was shot, the way it was acted. This, if it, if you ignore the fact, this is the first lady, this is a well done scene. So I, I wasn't as down on this as I thought I would have been, but uh, at the same time, 
it is the first lady who's now killed a man. Like, who does not have blood on their hands? And I'm thinking about this guy because you dropped that line about he's loyal to Palmer, and I'm remembering all the things that Pierce brushed under the rug for good old Palmer. Now I'm feeling for this poor guy who's in the trunk of a car, who's got a family, <laughs> who is, is never going to see their father or husband again, who's doing his job. Uh, and really, if we, if, we, if we come down to it, you could say this guy was going to kill you know, Pierce and drive in the middle of nowhere, which is now exactly what Pierce is going to do. Load him in the trunk. I will pretend I'm him. He'll pretend he's me, and nobody will know for a couple hours. Pierce and Martha have now literally done what this guy was going to do. Like, I don't feel for this. Like, the, the execution on this filming-wise is perfect. But scripting-wise, this is where there's like, oh, there was definitely a better way to do this. And I don't I, know. Any thoughts on this before we get to the rest well, of the Jack stuff? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that I really like about it, too, at the beginning is when he's got the gun on Martha. And, like, he, like this guy, so, oh no, this agent calls the other guy. So, who's this guy? This is... um. Agent Adams. This is Jenkins. Is it Agent Adams? Is that him? Uh, it is. This is Justin Adams. There he is, played by the esteemed Tracy Howe. Um, but, like, I love the moment when he's got the gun on on Martha and she's just like, what are you going to do? You're going to shoot the first lady? And you can just see him going, like, fuck, what do I do? So he's like, oh, I'm going yeah. to get my phone out. Like, you know, like, again, he's just doing his job. He's just doing as he's told. Like, this is a Secret Service agent. So, yeah, like, but it's just, it is filmed better and it's done better because yeah you do have it off camera and it's kind of that shock when you like you you may be expecting the other secret service agent that we saw adams to like or cole whatever his name was to come around the corner or something like that but when you see it and it's just again it just screams of one of these like shock tactics the writers do like oh wouldn't it be great if chloe killed someone oh why don't we have jack tell kim to kill someone like it's just it just screams of just like this rubbish that it's just like oh one week shock you know whatever it's we talked about it in our loss coverage when they had um, Charlie kill, was it Ethan? I think he kills um, in the first season. And you kind of like, you have a moment where he's like half the episode, almost like moping. You think he's in like shock and like Jack's like, like, like dude, like you just killed somebody. You okay. And like, you think he's there. And basically you just have this realization where he's just like, I'm fine. I don't give a shit. I don't, I don't feel anything. <laughs> like you just, you need a moment like that. Whereas it's just like, like Chloe's killed someone. Kim killed someone in season two. Now got Martha. Like having never killed someone that I'm aware of, I yeah. can't imagine that even with people in my life who I could put a long list out of people I do not like, if Max Dawson walked into this room right now and was trying to kill me and I killed Max Dawson, uh, theoretically it sounds great. I'd be happy. But <laughs> I'm sure that I have got a soul and a heart inside of me, unlike Max Dawson, that I would <laughs> feel something for that and not feel great, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm sure psychologically you kill someone, you're not just like, ha Aaron, please let me rub your beautifully red-headed bloody face. Again, it's a TV show. If we sat here and analysed everybody who murders people in shows and went through the actual things that happened in real life, it would be super depressing. We talked about this when we in our very first episode of The Oz Network, The Sixth Day. When Arnold Schwarzenegger, in the space of five minutes, kills someone. Oh, my God, that killed someone. And then he's just doing it willy-nilly. <laughs> like, I get why we can't have the realism. But it's just, it's just, I don't know. Like, remember earlier this season when D.B. Woodside was killing people? That's the future president of the United States. We've got the first lady yeah. killing people, the president killing people. 
I'm just saying this right now. I think Logan's off the hook. I mean, Logan. I know Logan's the only guy who's not killed anybody. He, I mean, did he pull the trigger for Palmer? No. Well, and technically he didn't even know about it till after the fact. Yeah. So more and more talk about this. I think that Logan's off the hook here. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's better than the Chloe scene last season. Let's just yeah. say that. It's better than Kim killing Gary in the freaking closet with Jack yelling at him, yelling at her. Um, so of the, oh, shock, that character killed someone scenes, it's the least worst, but it's still just, it's just cheap. We don't, we don't need it. Yeah. Like I, I, I think that I would have rather, and it doesn't change it that much, but I think I just would have rather Pierce killed this guy and Martha, her standing in front of Pierce, I think is enough. Her give being her willing to take a kill. bullet. Get, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, like get Cause there. we get a fight scene with him. Just, just have like Aaron just literally going to like, like Martha, give me the gun, give me the gun, give me the gun, and then grab it. And then just have this, like make this guy a little bit more evil. Like have this guy go like, mm-hmm. fuck you, you're a bastard. Pew, shoot him in the head. Have Done. him be one of Graham's people. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, then you don't have all these questions this about- a nice guy. He's just doing his job. Like this guy's done nothing exactly. wrong. <laughs> Rest in peace, Agent Adams. Let's have a funeral for him. Like this poor guy. Now, I, I do want to say the uh, the scene between Pierce and Martha, they handle that so well. Like not just the the the, the actors, not just more shower and and um uh more Gene shower. Smart, but more shower. They will have more, <laughs> more showers more very shower. soon. <laughs> <laughs> but uh the the way that this plays out, like they've been obviously toying with that idea all season. We, we mentioned much earlier in the season, that episode where Martha's sort of like loosely coming on to him. And then the fact that there was an alternate scene where she does literally nothing to him. And it's just sort of like, hello, Mrs. President. Yes, Mr. Pierce. Uh, so they obviously have been like, should we, should we, won't we, uh, then obviously next season, we're going to find out uh, how close these characters are going to become. But this is like the perfect balance mm. because it doesn't feel like, Oh, she's just got a thing for this guy, you know, the, this beautiful redheaded uh, secret service man, and it doesn't feel like he's got a thing for her. It feels like there's a connection between these two, but it also just feels like they're both just they're in it together. They're doing what they have to do, and it has nothing to do with wanting a bone, you know. Uh, the way they play the scene is incredible. Like even with her stroking his face, I'm like, on the surface, this should be a scene where these two characters are about to get it on. But it doesn't feel that way. So, I mean, I'll, I'll give them a lot of credit. Just like with the Martha pulling the trigger, like this could have been done a lot worse and it was handled well. Um, so the rest of the Jack stuff, they show up at Joseph Molina's uh, uh, ironclad uh, security, uh, not an internet cafe place. And Henderson's basically saying, all right, so don't put a bug on me because he's going to sweep me, which we get to see. Uh, it's like, oh, and don't send any agents in because he's going to spot you. Uh, and... Jack basically goes along with it because they have no other choice. Henderson's going in there alone. So what's great is seeing the security of him stepping in. He's got like these sensors, like scanning him. And literally you're seeing even the zipper on his jacket and his pants on this. Okay, this guy, security, he means business. But then all I'm thinking is this is high-tech security. Now security we have seen at even low-level henchmen's houses in previous seasons are cameras out front which would this guy would easily see every CTU agent who's surrounding the building uh, sensors. Now I work for an alarm company, so maybe be extra critical, but we're going to eventually have Jack on the roof opening a skylight, which should have a sensor on it where this guy, somebody opened the skylight, doors, windows, everything, cameras. This stuff existed 
decades before <laughs> this show existed. And the only thing we really see this guy have is a scanner to make sure nobody's bugged. Like this guy, this is forget about the internet cafe. Like this guy's got lazy security. I, yeah, I, I did. Cause particularly when Jack is literally on the roof with like a yeah. thing, like it, it, yeah, no, you're right. Which this guy's off something though, isn't he? This guy's very familiar. I, I was going to look him up before we came on air, but um, sorry, continue. But I mean, I will say like, I like, Having just flown, I have a fun airport story to tell in a second if you like. Well, it's around security; it's kind of related. But like, I, we don't really have them in Australia. We don't really have the full body scanner. We kind of do, but not like the American ones. And I think you've got them in Canada. But um, I, I kind of want them to have like the green scanny things that go up and down. Really quick tangent. Really fun story. You'll laugh at this. So um, I don't think you do it there, but in Australia we have like these every now and then when you go through airport security, they'll have like these people who randomly choose you in a line. And basically, we'll swipe your bags and clothing for... It's mainly for explosives. Yeah. Like, you do have those, right? I think it's sometimes mm-hmm. for drugs. It's made for they have a, They always have a sign. I've never actually had the random search, but well, yeah, they have a sign. It's it's, it's it's so funny because like literally everybody who gets chosen is like, oh, you always choose me. Ha ha ha. And it's it's literally done on... They, they count like the amount of people. I remember back when I was with Louise, when I used to get chosen all the time, they pulled me aside, s- swiped everything... And then I'm like, oh, and you're going to search her? She's with me. And they're like, no. I'm like, okay, good enough. I want to blow up a plane. I'll just give it to her. Anyway, so I'm getting swiped, right? And usually what happens, right? Because funnily enough, I'm not a terrorist. I've never made a bomb in my life. They will swipe your clothing, swipe your bag. They put it into a little machine. It like it thinks, and then it goes green. Like it's, you know, being that negative, no traces of anything found. Okay. So they scan me, do, 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 put it through, do, 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 do. it goes eh, eh, red. Like positive. I'm like, the fuck? I'm like, I'm like, oh, it was America. I'd be shot. This is Australia. Where about cars? Yeah, yeah, she'd be right, mate. So anyway, I'm like, what, what the fuck? Like, I don't know what, what happens now. Like, am I going to jail? And this guy's like, <laughs> oh, okay. No, like, like sometimes what can happen is like, there can be traces of something in my clothing. I'm like, what, from all the terrorists you've handled today? Like, I mean, I'm a bit scared now. Should I want to get on this plane? So he swipes himself, tests it. Green. He's fine. It's like, okay, we'll test you again. I'm like, okay, test me again. Boom, green. Okay, I'm good to go. No, it's got to be best two out of three. I'm like, this isn't like <laughs> tennis. Like, I mean, I've got a bomber, I don't. Like, I mean, you just scan my bag. Like, what is going on here? Again, not feeling that safe right now that like if some guy's going on the plane with a bomb or a girl, equal opportunities, women can be terrorists too. Um, anyway, third time around, uh, uh, red again. So I'm like... What have I done? Like, what? What? This is the same bag I take to work every day. I'm wearing like I don't do anything. So basically, they're like, okay, we're gonna put your bags back through the X-ray machine, and I have to pat you down. I'm like, it's okay, I've been touched in a while. This will be nice. So <laughs> they put my bags back through. He fills me up. You know, we 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 cuddled. It was great. And then basically, a woman comes up with a clipboard. I'm like, oh god, I'm in trouble now. She's like, I need to see your boarding pass. Show my boarding pass. What's your name? It's on my boarding pass. Okay, I'm write it down. Okay, you're free to go. I'm like, what? Like, so what are you just marking it down? Terrorist? Like, if this plane blows up, the white guy with glasses did it? Like, I mean, what? Like, how safe do I feel? That, like, basically, I could have a bomb in my bag and basically two out if I if I pass one and I hide it well enough in my bag, they just write my name down so that when they blow up, they know I did it. Like, I mean, at least I'll make the news. It's awesome. 
Flane just fell out of the sky. Hold on. Who did we have on the list here? Oh, there was a Waterworth that we had problems with. Yeah, okay. Well, he's probably gone now, but, uh, well, we know who it was. But am I on a list now? So, like, I'm on a plane yeah. next week. So, like, if that gets blown up and I was fine, like, oh, that guy was on a bad list two weeks ago. Like, <laughs> I'm worried about this now, Colin, but it just at the same time, like, it just, it was odd. I, I, I still don't know what was on my bag that set off a <laughs> bomb alert. Yeah, I've I've never actually had the any of those things go off or anything. Um, I, I I did have an observation. I was uh, in Ottawa this past weekend, and um, I I would think our nation's capital would probably have the highest security uh, that it would have the most elaborate airport. Uh, when I was leaving the Winnipeg airport, we have one of those full body scanners where it's like you put your hands up and you got like the thing going all the way around your body, and uh, you have to stand still and in a certain position. Uh, and then the Ottawa airport, you walk through, which is essentially like the metal detector at a mall, you know, like, and you just go through it. Not, not to mention the security. They're just sort of like, they got your bag, they run it through. And they even have a sign. It's like, we are training new, huh. uh, uh, security it's agents. Gym. So please be patient. Meanwhile, I'm just seeing them load bag after bag after bag. I don't even know if anybody's watching the x-ray machine to think of his go then. They're even asking the question, do you have a laptop in your bag? Like in Winnipeg, they're opening it. You don't have a laptop, right? Bags completely sealed. Go, you don't have a laptop, right? No. You don't have any food or anything. Mention all this stuff. No. Go, okay, you can go. I really, will, this is our nation's capital. Well, I, I I will compliment your country though, because if you travel through the states, you know how complicated and how strict they are. Like, sir, are you wearing a t-shirt underneath that sweater, sir? They'll be like, uh, yes, I am. Remove your sweater, sir. Like it's like, fuck, all right, <laughs> Jesus. Fucking- Yes, sir. Three bags full, sir. You got to remove shoes. You got to remove underwear. You got to remove like a hip. Like it's just everything in the fucking trailer in Australia. Like, yeah, mate, fucking where you going? Yeah, fucking off you go. Got a bomb? All right. <laughs> Two out of three. Can you buy rock, paper, scissors? Do you have a bomb? Bomb, bomb. No. All right. Off you go. Yeah. Um, but like you've got like really clear instructions. It's kind of like. Oh, yeah. Whereas in America, like fucking one airport's this way. I'm bad this way. New Zealand, the best bit about flying domestically in New Zealand, pretty much no security. Like. If you are connecting a flight, like when I flew from like the bottom of the country to like fly to Auckland, because you go through like, I was flying to Australia, so it's international, so they will scan you. But like, if you're just flying to Dunedin, oh yeah, no, you don't need to go through like a metal detector. Like, fuck me, terrorists, if you're listening, go fucking go to New Zealand and fly a plane into like a sheep paddock. You'll be oh, set. If this happens now, you realize that we're canceled. Oh, well. Hello. Who's, is it a dog? Hi. Is it Dizzy? No, it's Jamie. What do you need? And I replied. She touched a yeah, pube. I just replied. Why don't you check your phone? What did she? Oh. I thought. Yes, she said, I know. You can I, check your phone. I thought she said she Thank touched you. a pube. Hey, no. <laughs> hey, Jamie, did you get the sledgehammer video? I didn't. She did, but it didn't come through right away because I sent it at the same time. One we're referring to, I saw Peter Gabriel in concert. Maybe, maybe my favorite uh, singer of all time. Uh, and sledgehammer is right before the intermission. So Ben loves sledgehammer. And I wanted to show him and Jamie. So and I basically the texted them both and then the song. Yes, he loves sledgehammers and I just songs about go sledgehammer. The whole reason he ranked sledgehammer at his top songs of all time was because he's like, finally, somebody wrote a song about my favorite tool. Uh, <laughs> but I, I sent it to Jamie. And she's like, oh, it didn't come through. And like five minutes later, she's like, oh, I just got the video. So I assumed you got yours too. But uh, no, I will send it to you once we're done here. I'm still waiting for um, anyways. other videos that I'm assuming you filmed for me, but I never get them. So. <laughs> Yeah, which which other ones? That was a bad joke about sex, Colin. Move oh, on. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wouldn't have understood it. <laughs> you didn't even have to tell me what it was about. 
Uh, so yeah, anyway, so um, even that's on a delay. <laughs> uh, I said Max Dawson ages ago, so it had to be played eventually. Uh, but yeah, Peter Gabriel, amazing. Uh, Ottawa Airport, uh, not my favorite. Uh, also, Ottawa Airport, not even open 24-7. Like, Winnipeg Airport, you, you could go through the security so you could actually be at your gate where they have all the comfortable seats, the chargers. Ottawa Airport, it's like from 10 until 4 in the morning, there's no security uh, that you can go through. So you're basically in the main lobby area where they have like a couple of benches and one vending machine. I never went, I, I drove to Ottawa from Montreal, so I never went to the airport. But I know, the Sydney airports, um, there's like a curfew here. So um, it basically doesn't oh, operate. Oh, like in 24. From, yeah, exactly. They follow it here. It doesn't like operate <laughs> from like midnight to like four or something like that. So um, yeah, I've spent the night in the Vancouver airport, decently comfortable. I, I've spent the night in the Toronto airport, which uh, would have been great, but it was so hot. Like they, they, they jacked the heat up like 30 degrees there. And now I've spent the night in the auto airport, which when I say spent the night, I mean, I literally wandered around trying to find a place to sit. And then five hours, four or five hours later, how, I was able to. How much to, are you wandering around? <laughs> uh, the same places over and over and over again. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyways, back to Jack here. So Henderson goes in here and after this big, long security uh, check-in that he has, um, where I'm sure they scanned him uh, three or four times and he has a bomb in his coat somewhere, just like Ben. Two out of three. Uh, but <laughs> two out of three, he's allowed in. So the first thing he says is, by the way, you got up. I don't even know what the word, whatever the word he used was, it was something it's like a plethora of <laughs> CTU agents right outside your door. And Jack Bauer's one of them and we got to get out of here. And so he goes through this elaborate thing. And you're like, oh, he double crossed us. So you have Curtis and Jack prepare to move in and they take their sweet time moving in. Yeah. Like Jack's like, all right, let me open this thing, and okay, and let me let me just rig this up, and oh, there's a lock here. All right, let me try picking it first just instead of just shooting sleeves. it. Right, put that up. Yeah, and Curtis is like, oh, oh, hold on, I forgot, forgot my Bluetooth headset back in the car. I gotta go, guys. Hang on, uh, hang on. I'm nearly finished this podcast. Hang on, the Oz Network is my favorite show. <laughs> I am definitely listening to the Oz Network instead of doing my job, <laughs> as you should. All right. Oh, that's we. If we ever we got this long list of things, if we ever interview Roger Cross, we're gonna get him to say it. That's gonna be it. <laughs> uh, but uh, he, he finally they get in there just as they're trying to wipe his hard drives or whatever, transfer it onto a flash drive. I guess is what he's doing. And as soon as Jack gets in there, you double cross his Henderson. Like, no, you fool! And he runs down to his elaborate plan. It's like I knew that if I told him you were coming, he would transfer everything he had to a flash drive, and then you only got one device instead of decrypting his whole computer. How did you not know this, Jack? Maybe because you didn't tell him, Henderson. Yeah. Like, this scene plays so tense. And then when you get that twist where he's like, this was all part of the plan. We've talked a lot this season about if you had just said the plan, you wouldn't have any issues. And I love Jack's look because Jack always, I mean, I, I love Jack Bauer, but we get so caught up in Jack always has to be right that sometimes it does get to be a little bit annoying. Where it's like, well, Jack's always got to be right. So to actually see Jack where he's like, oh, 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 I, I didn't know. I'm sorry, guys. Uh it, it, it kind of ruins the scene, but like all Henderson had to do is Jack, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to do something like give us any indication. But uh, now if you were going to go somewhere with this, where they have to spend the next two episodes trying to decrypt this, then this was not all for nothing, but they come back from the commercial break. All right. So I found there's some files of a Russian nuclear submarine. What is the point of this sequence? Yeah. You got this elaborate security goes through. This would be a great scene if it went somewhere, but then Henderson just not telling them the plan, which makes no sense. Fine, don't tell them the plan, and you're still questioning, is Henderson a good guy, is he a bad guy? 
if you have to now decrypt these things instead of just grabbing off a flash drive, which was Henderson's plan, but then they decrypt it immediately. Like it all feels like we, we have episodes where it's like, this is all for nothing. This is a scene that is all for nothing. And it is the centerpiece scene of this episode. Yeah. Now, having said that, it's while you're watching it, it's great. It is very tense. It's very entertaining, but it's just sort of all for nothing. And then by the way, after this, it, just so uh, we can add to the list of somehow, uh, somehow Birko gets on the submarine just as they're getting word to the guy. Somehow they kill everybody on the submarine uh, and somehow the Centox is released and that's it. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that, Henderson, because like, yeah, that's screaming at me. Like, wh- why doesn't he just tell him? And you're right. Like, again, this is where this episode will get props, particularly over next week is because like it, it's 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 like the Gili effect. Like there's something there that you could have done good with this, but you just rush it and it just screams of like, oh, we'll get this over and done with. Because another thing that does not make sense with this at all is that when, like, he's all like, oh, Jack, what are you doing? I don't want to get this here, bastard. And then Jack's like, ah, oh, shut up, Henderson. Chloe, you in. How does Chloe get into this? It's got a Phoenix firewall. Like, I mean, how she was in the whole time. Like, I mean, what? Like, she's in within two seconds. Jack literally just like, Chloe, yeah. are you in? I want Chloe to be like, well, I need an IP address. Do you have a password? Um, is it an HP? Is it a Mac? Like, I mean, um, I mean, I'm, if Chloe is literally this smart, that she can literally just be like, oh, fuck Phoenix firewalls. Like, I mean, like, why do they need to do anything? Um, this submarine thing, though, oh, my God. Like, literally, you've got, like, oh, it's a Russian sub. Okay, it's been expected by Americans. What the fuck are Americans expecting a Russian sub? Oh, it's that treaty we signed, like, 12 hours ago. <laughs> I didn't realize a submarine. Like, is this Russian sub just, like, floating around the Pacific going... Oh, Vladimir, we really need to get our things checked. Well, we must wait till legal ramifications go through. Once treaty signed, we dock in LA Harbor. Okay. Waiting, waiting. Oh, signed. Good. We can go get checked out right now. What time we get checked out? They're busy. 4.30 in morning. Okay, we wait. Like, I mean, for fuck's sake. Like, I mean, again, I know this is a show that you've got to get whatever. But, like, it is literally, like, well, it's nearly 5 in the morning now. Who's inspecting a Russian sub at five in the morning? Uh, are, yeah. they, are they on East Coast time? Because it's 8 a.m. New York right now. <laughs> we work on New York time. Um, but then, like, the stupidity of this is I love these captain guys all like Colonel Johnson of the U.S. Navy. Again, why is he answering the phone? This is a Russian sub. Like, where's freaking Pierre Vladimir Putin Jr.? Like, yes, this is captain of sub. No, an American cannot answer my phone. This is Russian sub. <laughs> um, but he's all like, yes, sir, Jack Bauer, sir. Yes, I'm going to go find the bomb, Jack Bauer, sir. And he's like, remove your shirt, please. <laughs> <laughs> you, and your shoes, sir. Do you have a shirt underneath that sweater, sir? <laughs> it's so direct. Like, it's, it's, it's intimidating. That's again, when people say, like, how can you tell the difference between an American and Canadian? I have never met a Canadian who's like, Excuse me, sir. Do you have something oh, in your yeah. bag, sir? Like Canadians yeah. are very polite the way they do it. No, they- even uh, I was gonna say even when I was leaving the Winnipeg, when I was going through security at the Winnipeg airport on the way to Ottawa, um, it, the the way it's kind of laid out, you don't immediately they have the bag check and then you load it on and then it goes around a corner where you have like the conveyor belt and it gets scanned and all that. So the guy's asking me all these questions. And then he's like, okay, you're good. And he meant you're good to put on the conveyor belt. But I pick up my bag and he's like, wait, what are you doing? And I'm like, 
oh, oh, wait, there's another point to this. Okay. And he goes, no, that's all right, sir. It's perfectly fine. Yeah. Understood. But, 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 <laughs> but perfectly honest mistake. And the guy's like, oh, happens all the but, time. But literally, like, my, my impressions of America is when you first go in there and you meet, like, a customs person. And they're, like, the, the, the most grumpiest people on planet. Hello, if you're listening, though. I do love your country. Please let me in next time I'm there. They're like, you're on the list. They're, like, purpose of your visit. What's your occupation? What's your intended length of stay? Where's your departure point? Welcome to the United States. Next. Whereas like Canadians are like, oh, hey, welcome to the States. Hey, where, uh, welcome to Canada. Hey, where are you from? Hey, oh, you're a radio host. Hey, oh, that's pretty good. What's your podcast? <laughs> oh, the old network. I listen to that all the time. Hey, oh, welcome to Canada. Hey, up your pop. Hey, like they're just so like polite and friendly. The only time I ever met a nice security guard in America was when I went to Disneyland. And so I'm getting there and they're going through the check in your bags. And then she hears that I'm Australian. So she's like, oh, got any Vegemite in your bag for me, mate? And I'm like, <laughs> fucking racist? Because uh, <laughs> I'm Australian. You think I've got Vegemite? Here it is. Would you like some? But it's, just, it's so direct. It's just very much like, sir, got anything in your bag, sir. Like, it's just like, just, sure. Um, where was I at? I lost my point with the sirs. Um, how's my American accent? It's getting better, I think. Um, That's pretty good. Thank you. How's my Canadian accent? Uh, outstanding. Yeah, that's a correct answer. Um, so he like rushes up and he's all like, do, 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 do. I'm checking for terrorists. And then I love how he like gets up this thing. And he's like, huh, huh, oh. <laughs> like, what's Bianca just doing there? Bianca's just like, yes, we will stand here and wait till the cabin opens. Like, mm-hmm. why? Like, did you knock? Like, I mean, like, I mean, are you waiting for somebody to pop up? And then the worst part of all of this he opens up the hatch, puts the gas canister in, shuts the door. I counted 25 seconds. Then he opens the door and goes in. I farted in bed and had to wait longer for a Dutch <laughs> oven to come into effect than this fucking works. I'm sorry. I saw Edgar. Chloe. <laughs> I saw freaking oh. Sean Aston survive longer than this. Why? And this is a fucking giant sub. There's like 50 Russians on this ship. And they're just straight away yeah. like, do-do-do-do-do. Oh, well, they're all dead. And within another 30 seconds, enter the code. He says like the code is like alpha whatever. Now, I'm guessing this is Russian alphabet because if you actually read the code, it starts with a B, but I'm, I don't know Russian alphabet, so I'm sure that's maybe a Russian A. But then like he's like, load the canisters into the dock. You just got on the sub. Like, where do you, like, you're looking at this little PDA? I'm so glad the Russian subs are just so easily navigatable on Google. Um, <laughs> I mean, again, I get why they're doing this. But it's just, it's just, it's just dumb. Dumb. Uh, so, sir, if anybody dumb. thinks we're maybe being, <laughs> sir, it is dumb. <laughs> uh, if anybody thinks we're being a little bit harsh on this episode, uh, IMDb. This is tied for the second lowest of the season. The only one that's technically lower than this is... Uh, so this is tied with episode nine, which is um, basically where Bierko asks for the motorcade, where we first get that plot introduced about the uh, the motorcade route. And then episode seven is the only one that's lower than this. But I mean, this is in an 8.2 and uh, episode seven is in an 8.1. So, I mean, it's close, but the majority of episodes this season are like 8.3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Even next week's episode, which I'm, I'm going to be curious... That one's an 8.7, so that's actually quite high compared to this. But, uh, yeah, we're obviously not alone in seeing there's some issues with this episode. Uh, also, I before I forget, uh, I did say that I'd have one little trivia bit to add on uh, one of the, the writers of this episode. Um, 
I'm trying to find the guy's name now. Uh, big name. Big, big name. Big, David, Sam Montgomery. So, yeah, David Fury is, is one of the writers. Sam Montgomery is the other. So, Sam Montgomery basically was a writer on 24 during season five. He was a producer on 24 during season five. Seems to be the only season that he actually was on the show. But uh, prior to this, uh, he wrote the movie Breakdown with Kurt Russell. Oh, good movie. Uh, he also wrote another movie, which I don't know if you are a fan of or saw, U571, a submarine movie uh, with uh, Matthew McConaughey. I, I know it, uh, but I've never seen it. Yeah, great movie. Is that the Bon Jovi but, uh, that one? one is, is Bon Jovi in that one? Bon, yeah, Bill yeah. Paxton, Matthew McConaughey, Harvey Cattell, Bon Jovi, uh, and Thomas Kretschmann. Uh, so we got uh, more 24 people in that. But uh, And Will Estes is in U571. Oh, Will Estes! <laughs> Yay! Will Estes! <laughs> oh, what a man. But like... To, to me, this is, you know, you'll have writers who do two back-to-back -back episodes. This is the, the end of that. He Sam Montgomery's not on the next episode. So this is almost like, I got to remind everybody that I once wrote U571. So let me put in a submarine at the end of this episode. Because the whole submarine thing just feels so random. Next year, we're telling me Josh Dallas is in it. And then we'll just, oh. um, we're getting it. Uh, just quickly, the guy who plays uh, Ortega. Uh, I saw he was in Mission Impossible 3. Yeah, Jose Zuniga is his name. Apparently, did you call him Ortega? What did I? What did I call him? What's his name? <laughs> Molina. Joseph Molina. <laughs> I keep thinking of Alfred Molina. I don't know Ortega. Yeah. Racist Benjas. He looks slightly Latino. So call him Ortega. <laughs> that, I, I put my hand up. That was racist. I apologize. Um, yeah, I. He's just something else. There's something else. Like he says, he's in ER. I saw it, two episodes well. of ER. Um, in most of it's TV stuff. A Mission oh. Impossible three. I couldn't even Ghost tell you who Whisperer. he is. Whisperer. He was Officer Louis oh. Simon. There he is. Not Officers Ortega. Uh, Did he, he ever play in Ortega? Actually, <laughs> he redeemed this. <laughs> he was in. Uh, actually, I literally think I know him from Death of Housewives. He played Detective Herrera. <laughs> And I'm pretty sure I remember him being that. He's got to have played an Ortega. He does play an Ortega in CSI Miami. He plays Juan and Ortega. And that's what we remembered him from. Ah, I was trying to remember. I placed this guy somewhere as an Ortega, and it was definitely CSI Miami. Not racist. There you go. Save myself. Um, what was the other bit I was going to say that you mentioned there? Uh, Breakdown, great movie. Right. I, I remember that yeah. movie. That was a very good movie. Uh. Any other, bits that we haven't, any other trivia bits we haven't covered on here? Um, I'm seeing here that there was someone in this episode called Skeet. Uh, who is Skeet? <laughs> <laughs> Uncredited. Who looks like a Skeet? Mark Szymanski as Skeet. Uh, he, he's one of the Russian people, the Russian uh, sub people. Oh, so he's dead. Yeah, rip Skeet. Does it not remind you the world is not enough? Enjoy your meal, boys. Was it what the uh, sub at the end with um Zukovsky's uh cousin? Oh, yeah, it belongs to a very good friend of mine. Rest in peace to uh to Robbie Coltrane, he's dead, just like the lead uh, singer of Smash Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> we already forgot his name. No, no, although, as as predicted after we recorded that episode, which I don't know, people have they, they haven't even heard that episode, yeah, they yet. Have. Uh, that was last week. They heard oh, it. they have Great heard episode. it. Okay, uh, we didn't do it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I, I read all my trivia bits on this. Is there anything else in the book? Oh, God. I'm so sad about... Um, what was his name? Steve? Uh, no. Um, Steve Harwell. Nothing in the book. Uh, I've read everything in the book. <laughs> all right. So um, you said you're not going to buy this. You're not going to bin it. So this is going to be a rent for you. Um, yes, which I'm going to treat to see what you're going to do. It's the same for me. I, I was more just flip-flopping on where I would place this. Because, again, like, it's not... It's one of these rents where it's like it's bad, but there's good things in mm. it. 
it's kind of like I, I guess it's in the second half of my rents, like the lower half of my rents here. Uh, so my overall ranking of it is number eighty nine uh, out of one eighteen at this point. Oh, close! I've got a ninety three out of one eighteen currently um, or final. Currently, so this is just below episode eighteen of season two, and just above episode four of season two. Uh, overall, this will end up at one hundred and thirty eight. So uh drops about 40 places. So, um, yeah, but next week will be worse, Colin. Well, I'm, I'm curious about that because this is kind of new to me. I mean, I've seen this season at least twice before, so this is at least my third rewatch, but these two episodes that we're in here, I have no recollection of. I remember everything about the finale now. Uh, although next week, do we get... Um, uh, the, the the explanation behind because they did allude to it in this episode about Walt Cummings' suicide. But do we get more of that next week? Uh, I can't remember if that's next week or not. I feel that's the last episode one. But um, no, I mean the last episode is great. But um, yeah, I think that next week from memory, uh, it's just some of it. Um, Jack meets Bierko. Yeah, and I think I'm pretty sure next week is the Jack Henderson showdown as well. Which is a bit, mm. you know, yeah. But and, th- and there's a sex scene next week, which is just uh, like I'm. I'm never one for anti-sex, but like I mean, it's, it's not Bill and Karen, right? No, let's like think. Of, I mean, there's only really one couple in the show right now. Um, so if you think about that, um, Martha seduces Charles, and it's just <laughs> a bit off. Um, and also we find out next week that Chloe's married. So, um. Yeah. So, yeah. so is he in season five? Because I remember when yes, he came in, it was like... Morris is in next week. We get to meet Morris. Okay. Yeah. Uh, again, it's one of these things where it's like, I remembered maybe that he was in like the last four or five episodes of the season, but like we're getting close to the end here. I started to question whether I was right on that. It's uh, And I'll have some really fun stories because he's Canadian. I mean, he doesn't sound Canadian, but uh, he actually still lives and works here in Canada. He, there's a huge canadian tv show that he's on that i'll talk about next week he's uh well i think a lot of people probably know him more now for his what two episode stint on breaking bad um but yeah i mean i, I love him the actor and he's okay as a character he kind of just goes in places oh. that are odd um and then he kind of that, just... that, that's that's the appeal of him he's a, he's, he's one of those unpredictable <sighs> characters yeah but I'll, I'll have issues around him and what they end up doing with him but like it's just it's it's just so random but and like, look, the ending of next week is, it sets up such an amazing finale, but let's just say right now, the idea of Jack Bauer kidnapping the president of the United States, yeah, no, like on paper, it's one of these like sitting around a boardroom, Jenkins, what are we going to do? Jack Bauer, you're hired. Like, I mean, it, it worked, but like, uh, wait to the finale for it to really pay off. I don't know. There's just... I've got problems with next week. To me, it's not the, it's not the worst episode. Episode ten of this season to me will still be the worst episode of the season. But this will be the second worst episode of the season. So we're very close to the end. So we basically have the last two episodes here, and um, uh, then we get into the good stuff. Season six after that, which it's so weird that I'm actually excited about covering season six. First episode because four, first four episodes. It, well, not just the first. The first four episodes are going to be amazing, uh, but. Even the bad stuff. I mean, sometimes the bad stuff is more fun to talk about. Uh, but also, season six, like, there's a lot of it that I have blocked on. There's probably a lot of it that I have maybe a worse opinion of because I've just built it up in my mind as being so bad, and maybe it'll turn out to not be as bad as I thought. Uh, so it, it, it'll be it'll be interesting covering season six. But then we also have our 
uh, rom-com month, which is continue on. So we are up to which movie this week? Notting Hill this week. Oh, on. good old Notting, Notting Hill. Hill, which have you? Which I have not seen as of yet. I can't believe you haven't seen it. Like what? Like I really hope you love it. Such a great movie. I I, I promise that I will watch it before we cover it next week. Oh, uh, well, this week. <laughs> I'm glad that you do that. Uh, just quickly on season six, like I agree with you, and I think. The beauty of season six too is that I actually like famous last words, but I feel like we can do those episodes pretty quickly because there's just going to be a string of episodes which are just so like, oh my God, these are bad. But then there's like, I think a reprieve in like the middle section. Like, oh, these episodes actually aren't too bad. Then it gets shit again. And then Mm. we'll say it right now, pretty decent finale for season six. So the opening four episodes are great though. I will say opening four episodes, the opening episode of season six, Jack Bauer is a vampire. What's not to like? <laughs> One of those things that I blocked out, obviously. Uh, so we're going to return with episode 23 next week and then rom-com stuff and then maybe a review of the Bew Beetle already or maybe Bew coming Beetle. soon. The, the Bew Beetle, as Ben will finally have seen it, uh, as long as he doesn't get searched or interrogated or have suspicious bags as three. he enters the theater. <laughs> two out of three, he'll be okay. As uh, Meatloaf my said, two out of three ain't bad. And what's your favorite Meatloaf song, Ben? Two out of three ain't bad. And what's your favorite Peter Gabriel song? Sledgehammer. What and t- what's your favorite tool? <laughs> Sledgehammer. All right. <laughs> We're in agreement. <laughs> um, my name is... I forgot I got hit in the shoulder. And I don't even have a closing line. Mine, let's read one here. My name is Ben, and do what you have to, Karen, but I work for the president now. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.